Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Sean Decker, and I'd like you to hear something. You're hearing Omit by To Forget, featuring my pal Joe Southers on bass and vocals. Omit is off of To Forget's debut album, Echoes Take Their Place, out now on Middleman and Zegama Beach Records. So I've had this memory for a long time, and I really don't know why. Um, It's not at all, like, music-related. It doesn't have, like, any... It's not got, like, any real deep meaning. Or maybe there is, and I just haven't figured it out yet. I'm I'm still working on it. But I, like, vividly remember... I don't know what age I was, but I was really, really little. And I remember... um, So my parents... When they first had me, they lived in this like apartment complex for a little bit, and then they got a house, um, I think like six months later. And I'm assuming this had to be at least like a year or more after we moved in there. But I vividly remember like, (laughs) it's so silly, like being in the living room and like playing inside of a cardboard box, like nothing in the box at all, just me being like a child in a box. And my dad was like sitting next to me just... I don't know, like it, indulging my whatever, um, whatever, like pretend scenario I was going through in my head. I don't even know if I could speak at this point. Yeah. Like I said, I don't remember how old I was, but I, I do remember that like memory of just being in a box and <laughs> it's, and there's, I mean, there's nothing really deep behind it, but you know, it's, it's, that's what I remember. No, and I mean, for some reason I remember nothing else. The thing is like, I've had, like, I have three children, and there has to be something to this because, like, Mm -hmm. every single one of them has gone through a a box phase, and Uh it's like, (laughs) it's it's they're in the box. Sometimes they're pretending that the box is something else, and sometimes it's like they're just like tape it up. (laughs) <laughs> and you're like, you're like, what? You know? And uh, sometimes they want to see if they can bust out of it or, you know, but um, yeah. I don't know. This has got really got to be, there's some shared human experience uh, that we're, that we're, we just love boxes. Yeah. We're, we're, we're drawn to. And uh, then sometimes trying to break out of them, which I, you know, yeah. I do encourage that. Uh, yeah. I um, could, I could see that like, you know, that could have like a metaphorical meaning behind it, or it could just be like the commercials we see on TV where, you know, like the toys are bursting through like a wall of like blocks or whatever. And uh-huh. you're just like, Oh yeah, this is cool. Like I want to, I want to burst out of something. Yeah. Yeah. Well then, and then there's the, there's the like sort of the, antithesis to that which is like one time i spent like an hour and a half uh, making a spaceship out of old boxes Mm -hmm. and gluing hot gluing it together and tape and Mm -hmm. staples and whatever else i could figure to put this thing together and my 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 kid played with it for like um 
10 minutes and just didn't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, whatever, <laughs> you know, it just poured your heart out <laughs> yeah. for the spaceship. <laughs> it was, I'm sure I, it was a great spaceship. Uh, it was what I wanted. I think when I was a kid, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, reverting to that. Um, yeah, but yeah, you said, uh, like that was like your first memory and, and your parents had just moved into this house from, um, from, uh, an, an apartment and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. where were you living at that time? So, um, that was that house. My parents actually still live in it. It's in Merle's Inlet, South Carolina, which, um, is basically like right outside of Myrtle beach, which, um, if anybody, you know, has heard of it, it's, it's a wild place. It's just like a a tourist kind of town really, um, on the, east coast um so i grew up like around the beach and uh, well yeah i lived in that house my aside from the first six months of my life like until i moved out so and my parents are still there now so that's um yeah that's like the only it's the only living experience i had ever known until i like moved away for school and stuff so have you always lived in South Carolina then, or did you? Yeah, yeah, I've always lived in South Carolina. Um, you know, it's not for not for a lack of trying necessarily, but oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I've just I've just been here my whole life. I traveled around a little bit, but I've mostly just been in South Carolina. Did you have like somewhere that you were really like? thought you were set on moving that didn't work out or there was, um, there was a point in my life where I was like when I was in college. Um, so when I went to college, I was like, I want to be close to home, but still far enough away to, you know, not be right near like my family and stuff like that. And, um, whenever I was in college, I had this idea of going to grad school and, um, I looked at a few programs. One was in, one was in Detroit. Another one was in Corvallis and another one was actually funnily enough in Denton. And I didn't know this at the time, but, and I mean, you've, I've listened to, um, some podcasts you've done. I believe it was with the bass player for exhalants. I know that they're not based out of Denton, but I was like, Oh, if I had, damn, if I would have gone to grad school, I could have lived in Denton and seen like all these cool bands. But, yeah. um, sadly it didn't, uh, it didn't work out that way, but not also not sadly. Cause I'm pretty happy with my life at this point, yeah. but yeah, that I was, um, I was going to go to one of those three places and then I graduated and I was like, fuck school. <laughs> I'm yeah. Done. yeah. Yeah. Um, so like even before school and stuff, um, did you have, like, as a kid, were you one of those kids where you like for sure knew what you wanted to do with your life when you grew up? And like, if so, what was that? Um, I think I bounced around a lot cause I, like when I was really young, I wanted to be, you know, just stuff I thought was cool, like being an astronaut or like a race car driver or something. And then I think as I got older, I just, um, I thought teaching was cool. I think there was a point in my life where I considered teaching, but, um, 
Yeah, for the most part, I didn't. Um, I knew when I went, like when I graduated high school, I knew what I wanted to like study and stuff like that. But I didn't really know what I wanted to do as a career. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's always been it's always been pretty like go with the flow, I think. Yeah. And what did you study in in college? So I um I double majored in philosophy and anthropology and um yeah, it was you know, I went into it like I think most um most people who get into philosophy, you know, this grand idea of finding truth or happiness or purpose or you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. And um then and anthropology was like kind of a similar thing. It was like, you know, just figuring out like why humans are the way they are, like just understanding culture and how it affects us and things like that. And then, um, you know, after studying it and not that I, you know, I was just an undergrad, like not that I was an expert on it or anything. I was just like, uh, you know, this is cool, but maybe not like, maybe not what I want to do with my life as far as like pursuing academia or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, I I learned a lot of I learned a lot of cool stuff. I learned a lot of things. Um I think that my worldview definitely changed because of that stuff. And um but I would also say that, you know, just being being in like the workforce or whatever for the past however many years has shaped me just as much, if not more. So it's you know, just another step in the in the process, I suppose. Yeah. Cause I was gonna ask like what do those, like, what do those uh, areas of study exactly, like, prepare you for as far as um, work out, like, when you mm-hmm. when you graduate? So I would say um, both of them just taught me like a lot of critical thinking and stuff, which um, that was probably the biggest takeaway for me is just learning how to like analyze things and um you know it's really both of them like philosophy there are some ways you could you know find work but i think i was i was really wanting to get like a graduate degree and pursue academia or something or like figure out a way to swindle some rich person into paying me money or you know just just some way to like make use of it. But, um, after I kind of like, I don't know, I have spent my life, um, struggling with like how to, I don't know. I, I just put a lot of pressure on myself, um, for any, anything I do really. And, uh, I think I kind of like broke my brain a little bit in college. So like by the end of it, I was just like, I got to, I got to take a break and I figured I would just take like a year off and then get back into the, like the swing of things. And, um, I just never did, never got back into the swing of things. And I'm, I feel like I'm happier for it. Well, I guess I can't say for sure, but I definitely, um, there's part of me that's like glad I didn't go through with all that. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely like didn't, um, like you can take this how you will. Cause it's like every, you know, every, every kid when they're 17 or whatever, and they start reading 
philosophy or whatever, you know, they, mm-hmm. they, they, they're putting on some airs for sure. But like, I remember yeah. like thinking that's, you know, something that I, I was considering, uh, going to school for as well, as well as like English. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, my, my whole goal, I was just like, I just, I, you know, reading this, like, it makes this shit makes me feel smart as hell. I just want to, <laughs> like, I just want to feel yeah. smart as hell, you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, when s- someone goes up to you later and then it's like, well, what do you do for a living? And you're like, I'm smart as hell, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what else you and then the, do with it other than teach. And then they're like, you know? yeah, uh, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. They're like, <laughs> they're like, no, you're not. And then you're like, you're right. Yeah. Maybe I'm not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I say like being, um, just working, like just working jobs. Um, like, you know, I was in the service industry for a long time. I, um, I do like, I do guitar repair professionally now, but like just working, doing normal stuff. Um, I would say that that's shaped to me or shaped my view of the world just as much as like all that philosophy and stuff did. Cause it was, um, and to be honest, like when I, when I was in school, the like the more like lofty stuff, like continental philosophy, um, wasn't, it was like cool to me, but I was really into the, the like analytical stuff. Um, I think that's just how my brain works. Like I've got, I've definitely got like a robot brain and, um, I really liked, and it's, it's funny cause it's like the most, some of the most boring stuff, but you know, just the, I was really into the type of philosophy where you would break down like language and, you know, just kind of like it, it, I think that's honestly like what kind of got me out of it too. Cause at the end of the day, it, it's just people arguing over definitions and I'm being very, very reductive. Like, I don't want to say that there's nothing good that comes of it, but it's like, you know, it's not, you go into it with one idea and the more you learn, the more you're like, Oh, this isn't really how it is. And I thought that like, um, I was like, yeah, I'd be cool with this. And then, you know, the more I thought about it, I was like, nah, maybe not. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, you, you know, you, it seems like you, like you said, you know, how you, um, you have like a very analytical brain and, and like certainly what you do now puts that to very good use. Like, you, mm-hmm. know, you um, I think, uh, I think like that's so, something that a lot of people who don't, um, play music or whatever, like they think it's weird when, if, if like, someone asked me like you know some some question related like oh yeah i got a brother and this is wrong this is what's wrong with his guitar and i'm like i have no fucking mm-hmm. idea what's, what's yeah. wrong with you know like that's not yeah. me like mm-hmm. i don't even know what these chords are called i just yeah like, <laughs> i i'm a different like some people look at their guitar and they know exactly what they're going to do with it Mm-hmm. And some people like me, they just pick it up and and just literally just screw around until yeah you like something and then you mm-hmm. do whatever you can to uh, preserve that moment that sentiment yeah and um, replicate That's, it mm-hmm. and um, other people you know like 
know exactly like you like know exactly how to go into a guitar and what makes everything work and other people like you know some of some of my friends um you know from like i i'm sure i i still know people like this like probably the uh the kids from Masanera are like this. Uh, certainly, I think Aaron is like this. Um, but like, they don't even need to like. They don't even need to touch their guitar. They they could tell you like how to make the sounds. Like just like they could just tell you. You know, like oh yeah, put your fingers here or whatever. And you know, mm-hmm. like so. I don't know. It's it. it I think that like that's what's so fascinating about music to me is just how Mm -hmm. it can be approached. Um, I mean, there's a zillion things in life that are like that, of course, but you know, you can just approach it in so many ways, you know? Yeah. That's the, that's the true beauty of it. I would say. I mean, there's like, or one of them. Yeah. There's like, I mean, it's just like baseball, you know, there's Babe Ruth, then there's Barry Bonds. Like they couldn't be Mm -hmm. two different, um, athletes with different uh, regimens or whatever and they played the game and they loved the game and you know yeah music. they're all-time great yeah it's uh there's a million things that could apply to but anyway yeah um yeah so like y- you re- you repair guitars and stuff but one thing that i wasn't sure is is that a strictly a repair shop or is it like um is it like a pawn shop with where you do repairs? So it's a, uh, yeah, I work at a, I work at a music store. It's just like a, it's a guitar center. So oh, this okay. is my first, um, this is my first like professional quote unquote, um, like guitar tech job. Um, I've worked on my own stuff and like friends stuff for, I, I don't know, like, more than five years, maybe like seven or eight or something like that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of that time was me just kind of, um, me just kind of, you know, like you were saying earlier with how like you approach guitar. I, I honestly approach music in the, in the same way. A lot of the time where I was just like, cool, let's see how this works. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it was really sick. And sometimes I, (laughs) I like, fucked my thing up and I had to figure out how to fix it. So it was, um, it was kind of a lot of like trial and error, but now, um, I've been working there for a little over a year now. And, um, it's been really nice getting like extra reps in and stuff like that. Cause before, um, I mean, you know, I've got, I've got a decent amount of instruments and a decent amount of friends, but you um, you run through all that stuff pretty fast. So it, now I'm like working on stuff for people who I don't know, like personally, and I'm just able to be exposed to a lot more stuff. And eventually I'd like to open up my own like repair shop or music store that also has a repairs thing. But yeah, I'm, right now I'm just slugging it out um, for the big box folks. Yeah. Now, how did you get into that? Like, into doing repairs and stuff specifically like before you started working there was it just like looking stuff up like in forums or yeah it was a lot of um a lot of internet stuff really so i'm i'm left-handed and 
So there's just not a lot of options out there for like guitars and stuff. And um, so I really got into it. I really got into it like after college, but um, when I was in college, I would like build pedals and stuff like that. That's how I kind of got my start with like do it yourself music instrument stuff. And I would like mod pedals or build pedals for friends and stuff like that. And then um, I had just kind of used like off the shelf instruments or whatever I could find online or on Craigslist. And, um, you know, I, my like, I just like weird instruments, I guess, Um, you know, like a, a lot of people do. And there aren't, now there are a lot more options, but like back then I could get like, you know, just the classic stuff. Like every, every music store I've ever walked into on tour always has the same, like, um, sunburst Fender Telecaster, sunburst Squire Stratocaster and black, um, LTD. It's like a strat shape with a hardtail. It's like the same three guitars and (laughs) just about every music store in America. So like after, um, after that, I was like, you know what? I bet, like, I can build pedals. I bet I can build a guitar, or, like, slap one together with parts and stuff like that. And um, I just started doing it. And um, I've definitely learned a lot since then. The stuff I was doing at the beginning, like, I definitely didn't know what I was doing at all. And I am kind of of the opinion that no matter how, like, experienced you are with anything, you, you know, there's always more opportunities to learn. So I feel like while I feel more um, adept at what I do now, I know that, you know, I'm just a, I'm still very much um, not like an expert on all this stuff. So, but I love it. It's like the most fun I've ever had doing like a job. like that like what do you do you go in and and they're and they're like so you say you could fix something and they hand you a broken thing like an like an audition or or do they just so with um yeah with this one uh it was actually it was kind of like a perfect storm so um after i graduated college i was like a server and then a bartender uh, I just worked because I've worked food and bed like pretty much my whole life. That was like the first job I ever had in high school and stuff. So um, I was doing that for a while. The pandemic hit. Um, it was like really freaking me out. I was because, you know, at that point there wasn't a whole lot of like there. Well, there was a lot of information, but, you know, we just didn't know. Um, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> essentially like. I had, I was on unemployment for a while and that ran out 
and then my um two of my friends and uh one of whom was my roommate at the time she worked at guitar center and uh there like tech had quit or like walked out or something and um they needed somebody and i was like hey i can do this so i had two people who like knew that i was somewhat competent and they kind of like helped me get my foot in the door and then from there like i had to take a test which um you know in true in true uh me fashion i like i put all this pressure on me about this test and it was it really wasn't that big of a deal but um yeah they uh they just let me start doing it and um yeah it's it's been fun i like i said i would eventually like to do this job like not there because there's obviously a lot of annoying things that come with working for any mega corporation but uh i am happy that this is what i get to do for a living i took like a, a pretty massive pay cut from what i was doing but i feel well like bartending like, you mean yeah oh yeah, yeah i would um, i was gonna say like that that checks out from what i know about bartending yeah. yeah yeah and i even like i wasn't making there are some people who like they live and breathe that industry and they make like legitimate careers out of it mm-hmm. and not to say that anyone who's not making like insane money doesn't have a legitimate career but it's I, I um mean, i was i was just making kind of like you know just fine money like i was still i was still not um i was like lower middle class or probably lower class actually but you know just i was it was i didn't really like it anyway um i like so i don't drink and i don't i don't really care if people do drink but it's just not like it's not something that's a big deal to me and while i think i was like pretty good at bartending i was just you know towards the end i was like i feel no connection to this this is just like a thing i do for money and in that industry like to do really well it helps to like be super about it and also i my my personality um like i think a lot of people who know me when they find out that i was a bartender they're like wow really it's just (laughs) you know it's uh but i you know i i look back on it as an opportunity to just um you know i like i said i feel like that type of stuff shaped me a lot so i don't um i don't regret it it's just like i feel a lot better now doing what i'm doing yeah yeah i mean you know i'm i'm sure there's as much to it that was kind of fun and but then the other side of it like a lot of i mean it's like when you when you're at a house show and everyone's drinking and and people are having fun and being responsible and that's that's like a ton mm-hmm. of fun even if you're not drinking or whatever but then you know when when you're like delivering people's food and somebody's like absolutely sh- sloshed midday yeah. and screaming at their mm-hmm. children then you're like yeah yeah no like this isn't mm-hmm. for me you know like th- that yeah. that's why yeah. I, I that's why I don't want to be a part of this but I mean, not not to say yeah. that 
that was part of your experience either, but it's like, no, I, I definitely, I've done some, yeah, yeah. I, there was plenty of that, both like bartending and serving. And also I've, I've done a little delivery driving in my time. I do it a little bit outside now as mm-hmm. like, you know, just some extra money. Cause like I said, I took a, I took a pay cut, but my, my bills didn't really get <laughs> they don't. smaller. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, but yeah, it's, uh, I honestly, I, I love delivery driving. Not like, I guess because it's, I guess I shouldn't say that I love doing it, but I have fun doing it because being like in a car, just like listening to music and, you know, people are whenever, you know, outside of the situation you mentioned where it's like someone who maybe needs to get their life in check, like Mm -hmm. it's people are generally happy to see the person giving them their food. Yeah. No, I I used to not having to leave the house. Yeah, for sure. Like, and, and you show up and it's a kid's birthday and everybody's like, ah, pizza. Oh, yeah. Like, it's awesome. Yeah. But like, yeah. um, I don't do, I don't deliver for like a company anymore. I just like do these mm-hmm. shitty apps. And so like, yeah, that, that I think is the difference because like, I, I mean, why I still won't, I don't really complain about it too much. Um, mm-hmm. because it's like, I can drop my kids off at school and I can, I'll be in town, so I'll do it. And then I'll. Mm-hmm. pick them up from school and then like I can do whatever I want you know but um mm-hmm. um so like it, I used to get so much done when I was just like working for um you know a company and and um mm-hmm. like cuz I'd I'd have like rough mixes on CD or something and I'd be writing the lyrics in my notepad or whatever on my phone mm-hmm. but using the apps like you're using your phone to get yeah. the deliveries and it's like mm-hmm. I find it really difficult to try to ac- actually ac- accomplish the same kinds of things while I would yeah. be working, you know, cause like, yeah, you can sit there, like you can sit there and listen to a CD and you can like hum this line that you're going to put right here. And then like you get to your delivery and then you like put it in your notepad real fast. Then you drop off the food, you know, but like, this mm-hmm. is just like your phone just, blinking at you nonstop. And, yeah, constantly. And then like people like texting you while you you're like don't t- don't text me on the app while I'm trying to <laughs> yeah. I'm literally driving right now trying to bring you Yeah. Food. It's like but, hey, uh, everything good? Like yeah. and especially with the like so I do I do DoorDash and they I imagine like they update the person every step of the way cuz I know I have to like Oh, yeah, to yeah. even be able to pick up the food, I have to like say that I've arrived at the store, and to even get like to the directions thing, I have to say that I've like picked it up and all that stuff. So it's like clearly, you gotta know. Yeah, you gotta I mean, know where I am. <laughs> I'm sure that yeah. I mean, like as far as I know, they can actually like watch your car. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. like so they can literally like go on there. I mean, as far as I know, at least like. Um, Mm -hmm. because like, you know, I've even had like someone be like, what were you doing over there or whatever, you know? And like, (laughs) it's like, don't worry about it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey, you got, you got your food. That's what counts. I was probably picking up food for a different delivery app because, (laughs) because one of them doesn't pay you enough. You have to do all of them. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Uh, Yeah. I like, not that I do that. If I didn't, but, uh, (laughs) 
I like if I I because I just do it like on weekends, basically like during the the like peak times or whatever, just yeah. to make like a little bit extra money here and there. But mm-hmm. doing that as like a like a full time job, I imagine is a a really it's like a really tough grind, and I have a lot of respect for people who do it. Yeah, but it's, yeah, that it's um it's one of those things. It's like you know I like you said that you know especially. Uh, coming into the pandemic and you know none of us knew what we were supposed to be doing or not doing or how we Mm -hmm. were supposed to protect ourselves and other people and so Mm -hmm. immediately the apps all kind of went to like you don't actually you can just leave this stuff at people's door and you're like yeah this is like the safest i can conceive of like yeah as far as like you know so that and just like I said, like things changing, you know, like my partner being in school and, and now mm-hmm. she works like at a hospital and she has like morning hours and I'm I'm sort of, you know, like always in, in charge of um, the children and stuff. So like mm-hmm. um, it's just yeah, it's 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 just like I can't I can't even conceive of like at this point like um uh, having to explain to people what my schedule is like so they can mm-hmm. schedule me somewhere and whatever. And, yeah. and, uh, like also like I, you know, if I'm going to work, like I'll totally load up the car with, uh, with records I need to ship and I'll do that before mm-hmm. I start taking orders. And, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, um, it's, it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, um, just the right thing for the right time, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I had, a, you know, I've asked this question to different people in different ways, you know, but um, mm-hmm. I never really just came right out and, and asked. Um, but if there was a thing that you could tell yourself before you started playing music with people, like a bit of advice that you could have given yourself that would have just like, you know, blew your socks off or whatever. What bit mm-hmm. of advice would have you given your younger self? Um, just be chill about it, I guess. Like, you no, know, just don't, don't put too much pressure on yourself or don't like, just let it all, just let it all come naturally because that's like, that's the stuff you're going to be, you're going to feel like best about. Like, don't, try not to force things or, um, you know, just, just like work on vibes and don't be so concerned about like jamming as much stuff in as you possibly can, because you don't have to like prove to anyone that you're like, you don't, cause I, you know, I'm sure like every musician, um, does, but like imposter syndrome is, is, uh, got me in a chokehold, um, for like most of the time. Mm-hmm. So just if I could tell myself and then if, if I could also convince myself to actually believe that like, Hey, you know, just, just go with the flow and don't like, don't put too much pressure on yourself. Cause it's, um, I still struggle with it, but I've like definitely kind of learned that lesson. And I, I feel so much better when, you know, you just like focus on 
the mood rather than like, okay, like I got to make sure I'm, I'm doing something here. Just, you know, learning, learning to ebb and flow, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, like, you know, the hardest part is like, you have the information or the mindset, but like actually like following through with it or just like believe having, you Mm -hmm. know, believing in it, you know, because it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I mean, um, I, probably a lot of people think that there's so much more to this stuff than there is, you know, like, um, and there can be, but that's just like what we talked about earlier. It's like, mm-hmm. you can, you can say to yourself, I'm going to learn all these scales. I'm going to mm-hmm. learn how to take this thing apart inside and out. I'm going to learn mm-hmm. what everything is called. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, no theory and I'm going to whatever. And, um, if you get through all that, then like, Hey, you know, like kudos to you, but like, it doesn't have to be, I guess is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, were you like, were you drawn to musical instruments at a, at a young age or does that something that came to you later? So it was, um, it was like, probably at the end or like towards the end of fifth grade where I was like, man, I want to play music. Cause, um, so like growing up, my, my parents would play music around the house. My mom was like a big hippie, but also into like pop music. So it was a lot of like, my first concert was Almond Brothers, but I also listened to like Madonna a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was into like poison and stuff like that. Um, they had like a big collection of tapes and stuff. And we had this like entertainment center in the living room and they had like all the stereo gear and like speakers that were up on the wall, like on these little shows, just like, you know, cool shit like that. And, um, so they would play music and we had, um, we had a piano in the house and my mom would sometimes play piano and, um, that was like, that was really cool. But, uh, probably what, and this is going to sound so, um, corny, but, uh, it worked on me, you know, those like those advertisements where they like, so it was a, I think it was like a Coca-Cola commercial or a Pepsi commercial. And it's like, you know, Jimi Hendrix as a young kid walking up to the little soda machine. It was like the glass bottle machine. And he's like, buying a soda and then cracks the um cap off and then in the background it's like the riff for um voodoo child i think (laughs) and i was like whoa that's so cool (laughs) and um i was like i want to play music and i'm sure the the purpose of the ad was like to get me to want a coca-cola yeah. And maybe like the side there, there might've been someone on that team, like maybe this will inspire someone to play music. That part worked on me. Um, and you know, I do like Coca-Cola. So I guess at some, <laughs> at some level it did work on me, but if it was Pepsi, it didn't work. I can't remember which one it was, but right. yeah, that was like the, that was like kind of what made me want, like what gave me the first interest and, um, I was like, I want to, I want to play music. And that like summer before sixth grade, we had open house 
and you could sign up for like whatever instrument you wanted to play in like band class. And naturally I was like a, a young, a young boy. So I was like, I want to make as much noise as humanly possible. I want to play the drums, but they only had like so many spots and they had already been taken up. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll play trumpet. And then, um, instead of buying a trumpet, I like spent all the money I had, which was, I don't know, maybe like $75, my life savings at that point. I like bought a guitar and showed up to band class the first day and didn't have a trumpet. And I told my teacher and she was like, okay, well, you can't be in this class. We got to have to, we got to put you in something else. So yeah, but, uh, it was cool. Guitar is pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm did glad you, that it worked out that way. Did you? You couldn't have known at the time of the commercial that Jimi Hendrix was also left-handed. So I, I probably knew because my mom was really into that type of stuff. Okay, and I, just... I, I like. I probably. I can't say for certain that I knew, but I would imagine like because my parents knew I was left-handed and when okay. I wanted to buy a guitar, I like bought a left-handed one. So there's, okay. So they you had, think it was I, definitely the information was floated to you. Cause I, I just, was I, thinking that's not the kind of thing that a fifth grader would necessarily clock. You know, it, it very, it very well could have been, but also like, I would say more, definitely more now, like me now is like, Oh yeah, totally like that. Right. Cause I'm, a lot of my favorite musicians are like left-handed, like, um, you know, not necessarily Jimi Hendrix. He's, he's not really one of my favorites, but, um, Omar from at the drive-in and Mars Volta like that. Mm -hmm. I like, I like idolized that person for a long time. Um, I did like a lot of things that I did as far as like, you know, picking like what strings because i heard that he put like 13s on his guitars and i was like i want to put 13s on my guitars too and i like (laughs) didn't know i didn't know anything about like setting them up or like what that would do to the neck and all this stuff so like uh undoubtedly it probably made and probably like bowed the neck super hard and made it really hard to play and i was just like yeah this is so cool i was gonna say you're like what is this it's like train tracks on here now yeah exactly (laughs) so it was um it was but it was like yeah that at that age i might not have known but it's definitely been like a thing later on in life where if i whenever i see a left-handed guitar player it's automatically like like i i just you know i feel yeah exactly because we know like especially when it's like someone who is um for instance the um, the guitar player for Aquabats has like a lot of really cool stuff. And I was also into ska when I was younger. So there's, there's probably something about that too. But I saw like, we're just, we have similar taste in guitars and I'm like, that's cool. Or the guitar player for Shiner, we have a lot of, so it's just like every time I see a music video or like in a live performance, someone with a left-handed guitar, I don't want to say that it makes me like the band more, but it's definitely something that like <laughs> sticks in my memory. Yeah, yeah exactly.
couple of projects now that that I'm aware of. There could be more, but um, there, there's uh, Art Star and um, To Forget. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, d- tell me a little bit about you know each of those projects and how they sort of came to be. So um, both of them kind of came like not to make it sound really dramatic, but I guess it's going to sound really dramatic. We're both like Phoenix rising from the ashes type thing. Um, so to forget started after um, my friends had a band that was called Cepheus and it was like a post-rock band. And I, I was like one of the, um, one of the many people who like played bass for them at one point, like I did it, we did a tour with them so my other band at the time, In or Out, um, which we were supposed to play with y'all when y'all came through Charleston, but mm-hmm. you know, the universe had had other plans. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> the so we like did a tour together. They didn't have a bass player, so I like filled in on bass. And then after that tour, Cepheus um, like decided to call it quits, and I started a band, or we started to forget with the drummer and guitar player for Cepheus, um, who, whose names are Austin and Nate respectively. And, um, yeah, art star was a similar deal. Like in or out had been doing stuff for a while, but, um, we, you know, we were calling it quits and, um, yeah, we like, so I played guitar in in or out and the singer slash bass player for in or out, his name was uh, Christian, we like still wanted to play music and we had some friends who had like been in bands before. And, um, also a friend of ours who like had never been a band, had never been in a band before, but, um, you know, we were just like, yeah, let's do this. And so that's, that's basically how it went. Um, it was two, like two projects that kind of arose from the remnants of other projects. Right. Um, and the, the, the last art star album, is that now, is that two years old or, or is that? That's a really good question. Actually. (laughs) I, let me, let me look. Cause I, I feel like the, I don't know, just with everything that's gone down. Yeah, it's like, how do you even gauge? Yeah, I don't even. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm I'm literally like having to look it up right now. Um, um, I want to say it's been at least two years. It could have been more. Um, right. So, yeah, we put that out. It was uh, in 2019. Yeah, it was July 2019. So, yeah, it has been two years. I'm just... I'm like at the point where I feel like it's been five, but right, right. Because um, sometimes it's it's like, and you were writing those songs how much before they were ever recorded and released, and oh that. yeah, so, that um, yeah. But yeah, what's so? What is the status of that project at this point? Like, are 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 you all still um, playing? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, songs um, and getting ready for mm-hmm. new things. Yeah, so we uh, we like are actually about to December is just going to be a, a busy month for me, but we're, we're putting um, a new EP out in uh, a few weeks. Um, we have kind of like 
for a lot of different reasons. Like we had some lineup changes and things like that. And just obviously COVID and stuff like that. But we, um, we have been sitting on this for a long time and, um, you know, that's, that's finally going to come out. We played, we played our first show back, I think like a month or so ago. And, um, yeah, so it's still, that band is like, we've only played, I think maybe like five or six shows total, despite being a band for a while, because, um, when we started out, we had to be like really selective because our work schedules were like, you know, we just couldn't, because when you're starting out as a band, like you don't always, you're playing like whenever you can kind of like, you know, if it's a, a Tuesday night and, you know, three bands who are on tour in town, like you'll, you'll hop on that and it, you know, you'll just play as much as you can. But we like had to basically only play weekends so, which is like nice in a way because generally people show out to those a little more. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, we only played like a handful. Um, but we, you know, had, we had some lineup changes and stuff and just, you know, not wanting to play shows when things were super uncertain, but yeah, we're, we're back, we're back at it now. Or I guess we've always been at it, but we're like, a little more active now that we've we've got like a a lineup solidified and all that stuff that's awesome and um to forget of course uh at the time of us recording this um y'all just dropped your first lp today mm-hmm. um what can you tell us about the recording process for the album like and how it may have differed um from other experiences you've had recording so we, um, funnily enough, uh, I've, aside from like one or two things, I've only ever recorded with, um, a friend of mine, his name is Chris Hilbert. He, um, he ran a studio in Greensboro called legitimate business for a long time. He's not really recording anymore, but, um, yeah, so it, in a way they were all pretty similar, but there, there were some differences for sure. Um, we, like for this one, it was actually our first time um, having our now drummer, Andy, um, on a record. And he had been drumming for us for, I want to say, maybe like two years or more. Um, but we just like didn't put anything out for a while. Because like after we put out that second EP, um, our drummer just at the time, Austin, he you know just decided he wanted to pursue other things. And, um, we got Andy to play with us. So that was our, our first like time recording with him. And, um, I, it, it was amazing, honestly. Like we, we just went there and, um, my partner Mia, who also sings in art star, like came up with us and it was just like a super, super fun experience. Um, we did, we did like the base of everything, like live and then we would add like like we did there's only three members and um obviously nate can't play two guitars at once i mean maybe he can i wouldn't be surprised if he could honestly but you know we did like we did everything like live and then we would overdub like the second guitar track and like i did a bunch of electronic stuff but it was all like i think every time we've recorded it's just been like 
live. Like it's not, um, I don't, I don't want to say, uh, that there's like any, you know, I imagine we could do it a different way, but it just feels like the most natural that way. Like just, you know, just cause that's how we write the songs. We don't have like a, a click track or, you know, like a, we don't, we're not like, okay, you play your part. And now I'm going to like, when you're done, I'm going to sit down and play my part. Like you write everything collectively and it just like the energy is, I don't know. I feel like it might feel different recording things separately, but we've not really tried it, but yeah, we just, it's just being in a room with your friends and playing music and um, being really loud. It, I don't know something about it. It just gets me like more, I, I can only speak for myself, but I imagine um, my bandmates would say the same thing. It's like, it just helps get me in the zone, I guess. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't, I, I had not recorded like track by track for so long before, um, Acamele, like, our first mm-hmm. Acamele demo, like mm-hmm. we, we had to record that track by track because we just didn't have enough um, like mics or whatever to like do mm-hmm. it any justice. So we just mm-hmm. like had like enough mics for like uh, a, to cover the kid a little bit. So we're like, well, we're mm-hmm. going to do this one by one. And then mm-hmm. like, it's like uh, the, excuse me um couple recordings like here and there like um in coma regalia we uh back when when mark was still in the band we did like me and mark going at the same time like sort of Mm -hmm. that live thing but um since since it's been just me and like you know, my veritable cast of conspirators, like, um, Mm -hmm. every, like most everything is like one by one. And it's kind of wild because like, I, you know, once, once we're on tour and you, and you're playing the songs a certain way with someone and things click and, and sometimes I'm like, wow, it would be really cool to like record these songs like this way, like it would be, mm-hmm. it, it would be whatever. But then the thing that I find really interesting is like the things that happen when, when, when we're um, recording one by one that are almost like, kind of like just, it wasn't planned for, I wouldn't say it's a mm-hmm. mistake, but it's like these things that take me to places that I wouldn't have been to like in, in my mind, like my, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, like when you listen to Comoregalia, you're just like, this is just a fucking screamer band. What is this person like pontificating all this like bullshit? About? <laughs> you know, it's a screamer record, get over it. But, um, it, it, it's just like all these, you know, all these things like where it's just like, you know, maybe, maybe I, maybe I actually did like make a mistake. And, and, and then when I was like listening back, I was like, oh, but wait, what if I actually like just, what if I actually just pretended I did that on purpose 
and then yeah. just did this other thing instead, you know? And uh, yeah, honestly, there's, yeah, I, I feel that like 1000% because it's like, that's the closest you get with jamming to like another person, you know, mm-hmm. like we, cause when you're jamming with somebody and then, and, and you, you, something goes out of the corner of your ear and you're like, Hey, what, wait, what was that? Like, did, did something just happen that's never happened before? Mm-hmm. Or did I never, yeah. I can never you do that, that again? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, so you're, you, so you like own in on that and it becomes this other mm-hmm. thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the theme of this chat is sort of like no one way to do things. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely, you know, I definitely like been in a basement room that is way smaller than the one I'm in right now with like six mm-hmm. people with amps crammed mm-hmm. in there trying to face yeah. them different ways to catch as little, you know, crossover as possible. And, mm-hmm. and, um, great, great times, great times doing it that way. And then also just like great times, just like being by myself and, and, yeah, and just like, uh, doing whatever you got to do to like get yourself past the insecurity of not having other people to like vibe off of, or, you know, however you yeah. put it, like, and just yeah. be like, this is the fucking one. All right. There's no more yeah. after this. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> and going for it. And and you're like, like, wow, that was like pretty cool. That was fun. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Honestly, props to you for being able to like, just do it, do it all on your own. Cause that's like, I, I'm just in awe. Like I have, I have so much respect for being able to do that. Cause I think like, I just don't see how people can like not be in their own head like that. Like I, uh, part of me needs like someone there to be like, Hey, like snap out of it. You know, don't like, just keep it simple. It's just, you know, yeah. cause I, I feel like when it's just me, cause I've recorded like some stuff just by myself and it's not always like that. Like there are times where I've had like a really good experience just recording my own stuff, but there's been plenty of times where, you know, it's like, Oh, I can't, I have so many unfinished things that I'm just like, I can't look at this anymore. I don't know what to do with it. Everything sucks. I hate it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, silly, silly stuff like that. Yeah. I definitely went through a really long like time where I, I, I just was like, I would, I would just like obsess over like every transition and, Mm -hmm. and I was just like, oh my God, like I'm just not writing songs. And Mm -hmm. I I just had to just like, and I mean, anybody who's listened to more than a few of these probably tired of hearing me say it, but it's just like, I just had to be like, just finish it. Like who gives a shit? Mm -hmm. It is not going to be the last or the best thing that you ever do. Yeah. Like, and mm-hmm. I mean, whether you believe that on a day to day basis, like kind of doesn't matter. Cause like, yeah, you just keep going. And mm-hmm. the, I mean, the, the work speaks for itself and that's all very subjective anyway. So yeah. like, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're like that and, and you're, I think if I was talking to myself back then, um, me back then would be like, well, you're just going to write really shitty songs if you have that attitude. But it's like, 
I don't know. Like, maybe I am writing shittier songs. I don't fucking know. But, like, I'm way happier with, like, being able to 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 um, share this with people and to be able to, mm-hmm. like, have actually have realized um, projects instead of, you know. Yes. Think, yeah. Thinking that three, three um, rays of light were going to shine down from you know an angel and and make make these um three chords turn into something that they Mm -hmm. could never have uh, you know on their own um yeah um so you know like like we said um the new album came out today and that is Mm -hmm. um that is um the vinyl is on Zegama Beach, and we will have yeah. cassettes, and uh, eventually Dave and I will trade, and then everybody will just have everything. But um, yeah. Um, so, do you have plans like now that the album's out, like for like a release show or anything like that? Um, that that you. So want we've to got. Um, yeah, we've got we got some stuff lined up that's not like. So we have we have two shows this week that we're not really calling a release show. Um, but I guess in and of themselves, they sort of are. Cause we, we've got like some ideas for things we want to do. We just, um, the, honestly, we weren't expecting to have it out like this soon. Cause whenever, um, whenever Dave placed like the vinyl order, we were, we were expecting maybe like, you know, early, next year, like February or March or something. But I also knew like, I'm just the type of person where whenever I hear a rough time frame for anything, I'm like, I don't know if it's like me being cynical or me just like trying not to um, set myself up to be like sad, but yeah. I'm just like, okay, so whatever this time frame is, add like an extra little bit to it. So okay. that way, you know, cause I, I mean, that's just how things go, especially with vinyl. But, um, Cause that's like what the, the whole thing was kind of hinging on. But, um, honestly, like a couple weeks ago, Dave just sent us a picture of the records and we were like, Whoa, okay. And then, um, you know, it, it, it all happened pretty quickly, which, um, so we don't have like, we don't have anything like set in stone as far as like a release show or a tour yet, but we've got, we have some shows lined up and we've got like ideas and stuff like that. But for now we've got two shows this week. Um, first one's on Wednesday with, uh, Bade, Yashira and, uh, Yautja. I, I honestly have never, I don't think I've ever heard that name pronounced. So yeah, if I, I mispronounced it. I'm <coughs> so sorry. Um, but, and then the day after that we're playing, um, we're playing with, Zeta in Charleston, which I listened to your podcast with, um, again, not a, not a name that I've like said out loud before, but Wanchi, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we're like, I'm like so pumped for that. Cause I listened to your podcast with them and I was like, Oh my God, this is so cool. Like, I, I can't yeah. believe that I'm going to play with this band. Like it's, so we're, we're all super excited and you know on on the other show like we're friends with yashira we're friends with bathe um i really like yasha that new record they put out this year is insane Mm -hmm. like but it's it's gonna be it'll be fun yeah it'll be real fun one of the sickest drummers out there like oh for sure we used to play with um 
his old band um, called Narwhal, who were just like a math yeah. emo band, and mm-hmm. and we would just I would just watch him play drums. Like you got to be fucking kidding me! Like yeah, and that, to put that's behind, exactly how I feel. Yeah, to put it behind heavy music is just like just what the fuck. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's really awesome, and like I hope I. I get to see uh, Zeta at some point, but um, uh, yeah. Um, so, like, as we're wrapping up here, um, can like what uh, it, you know what what can people expect? And like, other than these couple of shows, like, I mean, there's a there's good there's pros and cons of talking to somebody like literally the day that their album dropped and that one of the cons is like i'm sitting here like what can people expect and it's like what do you want like we just <laughs> we just dropped our album um but um yeah so you know unless there's like something else to you know immediately like mention um then like maybe just like uh what is the best way for people to like follow the band or like you know get in touch if they have you know questions or just want to tell y'all you did a great job yeah um so we're we're on uh we're on instagram i think we're on facebook too but like that's a dead platform and every time i try to do anything on there like it i feel like the app just force um force closes out so i i like try not to mess with that too much but yeah we're on we're on instagram our handles at to forget band um you can hit us up on there um yeah it's that's like probably our main like social media where we post like shows and you know what's going on um the plan right now like we we do want to we kind of want to get writing like another thing as soon as possible um our drummer recently moved to uh, Asheville, north carolina so like we we aren't able to get together like as frequently anymore but yeah we want to write some more stuff um like i said art stars got something coming out real soon uh we're on the internet too um our so our handle is it's really hard to like it's art star but there's like a lot of r's in it um which is just like a something we thought was funny and now, like when I'm trying Doesn't to convey, well, yeah, yeah, it's a, <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's a, five R's T, S T A, five R's. Okay, well, at least I think he that's kept our band consistent. camp too. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Because if we didn't do that, I'm sure we would all just get locked out of our account, <laughs> our account, like after two days of <laughs> failed login attempts. And that was my conversation with Joe Southers. Thank you so much, Joe, for taking the time to chat with me. To hear more from Joe, check out Art Star on Bandcamp or pick up the vinyl for To Forget's debut album, Echoes Take Their Place from Zegama Beach Records or the cassettes from us here at Middleman. Until next time, take care and do good things. <laughs>